This is episode 92 of AA Beyond Belief, the podcast, and I'm your host, John S. Today's episode features a conversation with our friend Joe C. from Rebellion Dogs Radio and author of Beyond Belief Agnostic Musings for 12-Step Life. We'll be airing a conversation that Joe had with his area delegate, Kim S. from Area 83. Joe and Kim talked about the recent General Service Conference of Alcoholics Anonymous. Kim has a fascinating account of what occurred when the conference approved the adoption of the Godward pamphlet, a pamphlet previously published by the General Service Office of Great Britain and features the stories of agnostics and atheists in AA. Without further ado, Joe C. How you doing, Joe? Hey, it is great to be talking to you again, John. I uh, love this internet thing, you know, in terms of the community it creates. So uh, I know you're always hard at work when I'm Hard at work, late at night, burning the candle, uh, doing work. It's nice to know I'm not alone. <laughs> oh, and, and thank you for, for being here. So you uh, had an amazing conversation with your delegate, uh, Kim S., about the most recent General Service Conference, where we approved the uh, adoption of the Godward pamphlet that had been previously published in in uh, United Kingdom. So right. I thought maybe we would talk about this a little bit. Would you, would you kind of like set things up for us? Sure. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's play that interview. Um, and, and it talks to a lot of things, a, a greater transparency, uh, between the conference and the members, which I think is great. And, um, there is a, a whole attitude because not only did, uh, the God word get approved, but you'll get a, a, a small sense of how busy these people are at the conference and how much AA business there is to do in the week of the General Service Conference and some of the other really pressing issues, which could easily have put our issue on, that's a good idea, but let's wait till next year. And they didn't. Uh, but there is now, they're changing the women's pamphlet to experience strength and hope uh, for women in AA, there is uh, the what used to be the gay and lesbian pamphlet is now experience strength and hope for the LGBTQ alcoholic in AA. There's experience strength and hope for alcoholics with mental health issues and their sponsors, and they're going to be working on a Spanish-speaking uh, women's uh, pamphlet uh, and uh, young people's video that uh, again, like this effort it sort of came from the di groups to the district uh to the area to the general service conference and they said okay show us what you got and you know the, there was a little bit of well it's kind of edgy but the decision was let's let them tell their story in their own words and and I, I think that's great. You'll also see a bunch of notes when you see the final uh, report on the General Service Conference that a lot of the places where we see uh, look AA up in the phone book, you know, uh, they're changing that to directing people to AA.org and letting them know that there's online meetings if you can't find uh, a meeting close by or a meeting of your liking. So, yeah, there 
that the modern age is coming to Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, and we should welcome them into the 21st century. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, what else? Yeah, I mean, she's going to talk a little bit about some of the other uh, topics that are uh, front of mind for uh, both AA members and our general service conference, like the whole issue with the manuscript. Mm-hmm. You'll hear that the uh, uh, the trustees came under fire and... Uh, she's a, a big supporter that, you know, if, if we give them the responsibility, we have to give them authority. And they're not going to bat a thousand, right? You right. know, they're going to make decisions, you know, from the heart, gut level, whatever they think is best. And sometimes they're going to come back and say, hey, we did this and it was the wrong thing to do. And uh, so anyway, uh, let's not steal her thunder. Let's get right to that, shall we? Sounds good. Here we go. We're all excited about the God word, atheists and agnostics uh, in AA, uh, now becoming part of our regular literature order. And it's going to be available in French and Spanish. And I think that's fantastic, too. Can you just share a little bit about your experience? It, like, it, you know, it came to the area and it was... Uh, discussed at the area, and then you were there at the conference. Just what was that experience like for people who've never been involved in that that level of AA service? The conference starts unofficially on the Saturday and then starts officially on the Sunday. Committee meetings meet Sunday afternoon with the trustees on that committee. And then Monday morning from, it depends on the committee, but we met at 8 o'clock until noon, Monday and Tuesday, and you talk within your committees about different things. So the literature committee had the God Word on their um, agenda, Mm -hmm. and it passed through their committee quite well. Um, On Wednesday... The committees uh, sit up at the dais, which is the stage podium, with the person that is conducting that particular day, could be the general manager of GSO, could be the chair of the general service board. It's either one of them. They take breaks, so they don't sit up there the whole day. The chair of the committee, who is a delegate from the previous conference and is elected in at the previous conference in that committee, uh, reads the report. And so they start reading the um, advisory actions from that committee. And those, as we know them, are motions. Mm-hmm. And then they'll have things that are committee considerations. And the committee considerations are things that they don't think really need to be voted on right now, but they would like the trustees to think about it in the future when they're having their board meetings. Something to maybe bring forward the next conference, possibly. So the Godward pamphlet came out. Uh, It was number J out of um, (laughs) starting at A, and it was, uh, there were M. There were a lot of things that came out um, of the literature committee, and it it was really exciting, actually, because as you know, I have been behind this 100% of the area. And other areas, too, and we, we weren't allowed to really discuss it prior, but I asked some delegates if they had it at their area, and quite a few did, and they were all for it. Mm-hmm. 
So it hit the floor. It said, consider a request that AA, U.S. and Canada publish the God Word, a pamphlet currently published by the General Service Board of Alcoholics Anonymous, Great Britain. It says the committee recommended that the pamphlet, the God Word, currently published by the General Service Board of Great Britain be adopted by AA World Services with minor editorial changes. And my notes say right after that, passed, ooh hoo. <laughs> so I was pretty excited. <laughs> I didn't woo-hoo any other thing but that. Um, so, and I actually said it out loud, too, which you're really not supposed to do at the conference. But <laughs> it passed at 121 with yes and no at 13. That, so, uh, that's over 90% in favor. Yes, yeah, so it was. It definitely went past the two-thirds majority, and there wasn't a minority opinion, so it passed. Now, the question was called. I mean, that did happen. Mm-hmm. So there was discussion, you know, for and against. I mean, there's always going to be 13% that, you know, probably maybe three or four got up to the mic out of the 13 that voted not. Yeah. Um, but it was pretty favorable. It really was. I mean... People didn't, most of the delegates did not seem to be against it, or the trustees, anyone that got up to the mic and spoke. So it really was very, very favorable at the conference. I was actually surprised that it was as favorable as it is. And as I said to you, I think it's time. Yeah, and I think there is a new attitude. There used to be this feeling that there's something threatening about a not-God version of AA, and that it confuses newcomers, that it muddies AA's message. But everyone knows someone who's an atheist or agnostic in AA now because we're not in the closet to the same extent that we used to be. And um, I, I don't think we're seen as any different than young people's meetings or women's meetings or LGBTQ meetings. I think in the beginning it might have been perceived as a threat to some people. Yeah. But I don't I don't see it that way at all. And it didn't seem to be that way at the conference. I was really happy actually. I was really, really overjoyed with the the way that it was handled and the way people spoke about it and um, now, in the Literature Committee, there was also another pamphlet yeah. uh, to put out, but they decided it was an, it, it, they decided not to put it forward as an advisory action since the God Word, mm-hmm. they were recommending that one to start. Mm-hmm. So, I, I see this as possibly to start for more. There could be a time where there's a recommendation to either change some of the stories or include more Canada-U.S. members like there's 10 stories in there and some of those pamphlets have more stories right so it, yes. you know in 10 years it might look different than it looks today absolutely and one of the things that i did find out at the conference i might have been told last year but i didn't remember um is that the publishing when they publish something they have the right to make any minor mm-hmm. adjustments that they make um, I think you've you've spoken with them, and so they yeah. will make some minor adjustments, I guess, before it's actually printed. But it's going to be very minimal what they do. They yeah, the, I mean the the British English is different than the sort of American English, and right, uh, you know the for more information addresses are going to change, and you know, <laughs> and, yes, and yes. the the look and feel of the pamphlet. I, I noticed the 
Just uh, looking at the AA.org site, uh, a newcomer asks that, you know, the cover is different, and I guess lots of them have changed. Yes. It, it sounds like it was a busy uh, literature uh, <laughs> uh, program for, uh, for this year's conference. The hot topic around the uh, coffee maker uh, was the litigation about the original manuscript. Did, yes. did that come up at the conference? It came up. It was huge. Mm-hmm. It was huge. Um, the trustees committee. So there's a, a trustees committee, and at the um, their report when it comes to the floor on the Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, because those are the three days we have the committee report. There's delegates that sit on that committee, panel 67 and panel 68. They recommend the trustees going forward. So they recommend, you know, Michelle is term board, the different trustees that are already on the board are new trustees that are going to be on the board. So they recommend for the next following year. So because they were doing this, because of the transcript and what happened and dropping the, the litigation, the trustees were questioned. Mm-hmm how the decision came about, why they did that. They were questioned a lot. And I got to tell you, there was a lot of tears mm-hmm. on the floor, at on the stage, um, by everyone. Yeah. There was also a lot of anger. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that happened that I was really, really impressed with was when Greg's general manager was up at the mic and... Somebody had made a motion to um, censor the General Service Board. And someone else had made a motion, a floor motion, to not accept the uh, trustees put forward because they felt that there wasn't a trust there. Now, Michelle, the chair of the General Service Board, and I was told by our Eastern Canada Regional Trustee at the time, Richard, mm-hmm. that she would, someone would be giving a presentation on the manuscript litigation and Michelle did mm-hmm. and she apologized and she accepted full responsibility yeah. for it which it wasn't her full responsibility no they, no they a lot together. of people were all for it yes and they got together through a conference call and they made the decision to file the restraining order based on that conference call so they all voted it was very quick it happened very very quickly and just kind of snowballed after that but you know, they were very honest, and they, they shared their feelings. But what impressed me, during the conversation, someone called the question during the time of this floor motion, and Greg said, no, I will not recognize that by the floor. Now, procedurally, he had to, but he did not feel that the floor had spoken as much as they should have mm-hmm. or wanted to. Yeah. And he felt everyone should have a voice, and everyone should say what they feel yeah so i was really really impressed with that i really was and i told him that after i also went up to michelle because i now it was all passed it all the whole thing passed and our general service board is our general service board and i spoke to michelle a couple of times and asked her i hope she still felt she had the support of us because the last thing that the general service board needs is to not feel supported right right yeah but she did. Um, we had a, cu- a few talks over the course of a couple of days, and um, they did feel the support, but they also felt 
that some healing needed to be done and people needed to have their voices heard. Yeah. They didn't like the way it was handled. They admitted they made a mistake. They admitted they were human and we've all made, and delegates said that they got up to the mic and they said, you know, we've all made mistakes at different times. This was a costly one, but they did admit they had made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, some people demanded an apology. They didn't get that. Mm-hmm. Michelle apologized. No one else did. Yeah. Um, they, unless it happened quietly off to the side, I have no idea, but it didn't happen from the mic. But really, to, to censor them or to take away anything that they have goes against all our concepts. There was a lot of anger, but I think Greg understood the situation. People need to feel heard, and yes. and they're representing uh, their constituents, and now it's time to uh, sort of move on. Because uh, can we count on the board? Yes, we can count on them to be human. And to be human is to be flawed, and to be flawed is to do the best we can, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely, with what we have. And, and you know, I'm a big Maya Angelou person where she says, you know, <laughs> when you know better, you do better, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I truly believe that. And I just think, you know, they know a little bit better now. And, um, you know, it's really time to move forward and... But it, it was it was it did get emotional, and the trustees committee were asked, "Did you consider this? Did you consider that? Did you talk to this?" And they they talked to I can't remember how many trustees now three regional trustees and quite a few trustees. They also spoke to Greg, and they also spoke to Michelle, the general manager and the chair of the board, mm-hmm. um, about all this and an exact timeline of how this happened and why this happened. And the person that had the manuscript wasn't doing anything wrong either. I mean, right. Michelle made that quite clear. Um, he just wanted more money than what they were willing to pay for, which they had thought when they first started this, that they could pay for it and, you know, stop the auction and yeah. purchase it. But that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, well, that becomes anyway. a whole issue of AA owning property. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. You must have felt like you were witnessing history in the making. You know, being there for my second time, mm-hmm. it it was very bittersweet because I really felt and understood a lot more this year of just the procedure and sitting there watching things unfold. What I really saw was people not always in unity, but at the end being in unity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw it last year. I mean, I saw the three... Three Legacies, I, I watched it the whole week. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched it unfold before my eyes. I saw delegates. I mean, there was a delegate there that kept six years of sobriety. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, our, our area is so uh, rich in people willing to do service. I mean, everyone complains, why aren't there more people, yada, yada, yada. But our area, Area 83, I think, uh has a wealth. It's great to see uh, past delegates are often at the area assembly and yes. it's sort of well supported. But a, a lot of these people, hey, we need someone to go to the world. Who's available? You, you yes. know, pack your bags, you're going. <laughs> yes. And the thing, you know, the thing is too with the conference that you don't always see everywhere is 
well, it, it has to. It's a lot to do with unity and and coming together for sure. And but also too, you know, it, it's the bottom line is the alcoholic who's still suffering, and it doesn't matter if they're agnostic or they're not or yeah. believe in God or whatever. The bottom line is is how is it going to help the still suffering alcoholic? Yeah, we um, in the PI committee we viewed a youth video. Mm-hmm. That was very raw. It was put together by you. So PI committee had asked for youth to put things together. Now we approved it in the PI committee. When it hit the floor, some people didn't like it because it showed the eyes or it showed the mouth yeah. or they weren't pixeled out enough and felt like these people wanted to be a star. It wasn't that at all. These people were talking from the heart of how AA helped them. Yeah. And the bottom line was, after some discussion, because some people didn't like it, but it did get voted through. Yeah. Um, but also, it will be pixeled out. And in the final version of it, it will be, I mean, it'll be just as it is, but it'll be pixeled. It'll be fine-tuned a little bit. There'll be some editing. And, it, you know, it's from the youth to the youth. So you can't be bad. Right. And and that's that old story that, you know, that every responsibility has to have a certain authority. So if we ask them, hey, we want you to bring us something, we have to go, well, hey, it's not quite my cup of tea, but you have the authority to do it the way you want it with the sort of look and feel that you think is necessary. Because Otherwise, we're doing ivory tower outreach, and that, that never works. No. Well, something that was mentioned by one of the youth was drugs. Yeah. And so you know how AA feels about that. And I thought it was fine in the PI. Um, yeah. Most people did. One person didn't, but we had two-thirds majority when it went to the floor. Mm-hmm. And other people noticed the you know, word drugs in it. But the general feeling was... It's just a word, and he's talking about alcohol. He just mentions that he did drugs as well. Yeah. And to some use, that might be really valuable. Yeah, exactly. I saw some change happening, whereas that wouldn't have passed through the floor in the past. Yeah. It did pass this time, and they also didn't want to discourage use from submitting things, because this came from an area. And, Beautiful. Um, so it came up through know, the ranks the same way the God word did. It did, and you know, it, they didn't want to discourage youth from submitting things, like yeah. by over editing or telling mm-hmm. them they shouldn't say this or say that. It's mm-hmm. like, no, let's keep it the way it is. Just pixel out faces. Mm-hmm. So I see AA changing. I really saw it changing at the conference this year more than last year. Uh, are Are you feeling uh, reflective? Uh, like it, your term as delegate is coming up. How long ago was it you first became a general service rep? Um, well, I did group inventory or district inventory on Wednesday, and I was reminded that in 2008 I was DCM of that district. Uh-huh. I'm 20. I'm going to be 29 years sober this year, and I was nine years sober when I became an alternate GSR. So it's been a long time. Yeah, <laughs> I've been going to assemblies for a long time. Yeah. How do you feel about, you know, this this phase where you're coming to the end of your tenure as a delegate? Um, you know what? I really, there's a couple of things I'd like to do while I'm still delegate. It, I've been reminded lately that safety is a big issue. Yeah. I've been getting some emails about safety and I still have six months, almost a little over six months left. Part of my goal is safety mm-hmm. at near, nearing the end. But honestly, I've 
I've been quite reflective. This conference was so different for me. From, well, the first one I had a concussion, so <laughs> it was a totally different experience this time being healthy. But also, I had more experience. I'm calmer. I felt more inspired by AA this year, I think, at the conference. I, I really like the fact that it is changing. I really do. Yeah. I think it's time and and so I'm I'm quite happy actually to have witnessed some of this mm-hmm. and I'm fine with someone else being delegate next year. Mm-hmm. I think we left something quite good this year. Yeah. For people and I think the delegates that the panel sixty eight delegates that were there, my goodness, they're fabulous. Like I'm so inspired by them. We all the panel sixty seven delegates all said that about the panel sixty eight delegates that we all felt quite confident that the next conference is going to just blow everybody out of the water. It's going to be fabulous. <laughs> nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it, it's yeah. It, it's nice to feel that way. I uh, uh, yeah. I don't know when I started saying it, but uh, you know, uh, if anyone cares to listen, I'll tell them that. AA history isn't something which happened back in the 30s. AA history is happening right now. Absolutely. And you know what? I, I was reminded when I was at the conference that I'm, I'm going to find out how many, because I don't know this, but how many delegates Area 83 has sent. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's only been 68 conferences. Mm-hmm. There's only, a, and the delegate lasts for two years. And we didn't, I know we didn't send a delegate the first year. I don't even think Canada was there. Yeah. So I really want to know when we started, because I'm either like the 30th or the 25th or something mm-hmm. that has been able to experience this that many do not get. Yeah. It's an experience that I can't even describe. It's changed. It's changed me inside forever. Uh, also, uh, just you know, just back to the the God word for one last question. Uh, like when you uh, communicated to me that how the vote went, uh, I told you it felt healing. It really felt like uh, you know there was a lot of uh, there was like a poisonous environment that had happened in the Toronto area, part of, you yes. know, Area 83. And then for the uh, the district to say, yes, we support this 100%, for the area to say, yes, we support this, you know, more than two-thirds percent. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, like, <laughs> yes. did, did you have any of that feeling that uh, this, is, uh, this is a very uh, um, helpful thing in terms of creating unity and that, that that that's behind us now and that going forward it's going to be sort of a, a different environment for people regardless of what they believe or don't believe? I really hope so. I had an experience at the area assembly. Um, I know you weren't there, but mm-hmm. because some people spoke very negatively about the pamphlet, mm-hmm. at the end of the discussion, even though it was voted, a GSR jumped straight from her chair into my lap. Mm-hmm. and was crying because she was agnostic and she felt so disrespected. Yeah. I felt so terrible about that, like what happened at the area assembly, mm-hmm. that I really, really hope this is really a step forward for more unity. I mean, I'm big on unity, and I really, really hope the God Word really helps people with more being more unified. I don't think there should be... People should be separate. We're all part of the same thing. Yeah. 
honestly. Yeah, I mean, there shouldn't be any more like uh, Toronto delisting type stories uh, no. uh, going forward, and I think that's a great thing. It still happens within the area. I still get emails and different things, but yeah. as you know, I'm mm-hmm. totally supportive, and you can't police everybody, but, you know, I keep telling everyone that they should be inclusive. It doesn't matter what they believe. Everyone yeah. that's an alcoholic should be inclusive. I feel the same way, of course. And and any sort of under-represented uh, populations, there should be more Muslims, and they would talk about spirituality in a different way, and more yeah. Hindus and Jainists and Taoists and Buddhists and all that sort of thing. And uh, hopefully uh, th- this will mean that they'll be able to conduct their meeting in a way that their group conscience sees fit. And... Uh, no one will bat an eye about it other than say, isn't that great? <laughs> yes, and you know what? That's my hope because someone, there was a delegate that did get up to the mic during the God Word and said, well, what's this going to open the door for, like, you know, <laughs> Muslims and that, exactly what you said. Yeah. And, and I said, geez, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who cares? Yep. Like, I don't care yeah. about that. I mean, you know, there isn't going to be a group that wrecks AA. There isn't going to be a person that wrecks AA. That's, I saw AA. There's a huge foundation. Mm-hmm. I mean, being at the conference, you realize how deep that foundation is. Yeah. I mean, AA is not going to fall apart. This uh, motion doesn't obligate any group to put it on their literature table. No. No, I hope a lot, a lot of people do, but no, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, I really hope that this does open the door for some people to realize that, you know, it's inclusive for everyone. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, on behalf of my home group and our community, uh, I would like to thank you for your service, Kim. Oh, thanks, Joe. My pleasure. My pleasure. So that was a pretty incredible interview, Joe. Um, I wonder if if you could talk a little bit about the history behind our attempts to get a pamphlet together that addresses the needs for agnostics, atheists, free thinkers, and Alcoholics Anonymous. Sure. Um, uh, you know, I've uh, uh, several people have uh, worked on this. I uh, took a document I found online on the. I I think it's District 17, Hawaii, uh, had a list of, it was an unauthored report on attempts for the General Service Conference to approve, to write and approve an atheist agnostic AA member pamphlet. And uh, I thought this is very interesting, but I can't treat it like a fact uh, without corroborating it. So Uh, I applied to go to the General Service Archive and look at the minutes of the literature committee. There's there's two committees. There's the trustees literature committee that meets four times a year. And then every year there's a conference literature committee uh, that has delegates and staff members and trustees on there. So they sort of review everything that's happened in the year and decide what uh, requests or advisory actions they're going to ask of the General Service Conference from there. So so I wanted to look at the, all of those minutes and see uh, what actually happened. And it, it did uh, largely corroborate. Um, 1975 was the first 
letter uh, that I found uh, where someone said, hey, you know, uh, it'd be really great for believers and non-believers to have a pamphlet that properly explains that, you know, uh, believing in a sobriety granting prayer answering God isn't necessary. And the, the conference committee uh, said this pamphlet is vitally needed, uh, or the trustees committee, and they sent it to the conference, and then the conference didn't proceed with it. They didn't bring it even to the conference to uh, for a vote. And that would happen 10 more times. Now, I will say in 7576, uh, they were approving, do you think you're different, which includes one agnostic and one atheist story. And there was uh, they, the literature people, they were feeling quite overwhelmed by the number of requests for different types of pamphlets. And they thought maybe this will meet that need. And so uh, um, it wasn't like we were, um, you know, um, shut up mm -hmm. in, in that motion. And then in 81, a guy named Ed H. wrote to GSO and uh, the literature committee, the trustees literature committee didn't recommend it to the conference committee. In 88, 89, Area 59, the actual delegate just like we've done recently, asked GSO to meet a request for non-believers, and, and uh, that didn't go anywhere. Uh, it got talked about, and then it got put off, and then uh, sort of mothballed. Mm -hmm. uh, in 95-96, a different area, Area 49, uh, maybe you know where that is, I'm not sure, uh, They that area voted with substantial unanimity for a non-believers pamphlet. It was passed on to the uh, conference literature committee. So the trustees literature committee thought it was a good idea. And the conference literature committee declined to bring it to conference. In 97, the We Agnostics group of New York City requested uh, directly to the literature's committee. And they declined to... Uh, uh, forward it. Uh, 2000 and 2001, there were five member letters about uh, maybe something about spiritual varieties. And um, the idea was passed on to the conference committee. And th there were two letters of opposition as well. And then no decision was made on that. And again, many of these times are just overwhelmed and run out of time. And they, you know, put it onto the next committee and, and, and it doesn't get picked up. And then 2002, 2003, and 2006, all of those committees, I, I saw in the notes, they had lengthy conversations about this very thing. And, uh, you know, they had felt at the time there were already numerous uh, references to unbelievers in the literature. And again, mm. this is people saying, well, we already have a chapter called We Agnostics. Isn't that good <laughs> enough? <laughs> but that's an innocent ignorance, right? right? You right. know, uh, because they, they don't see it through our eyes and they don't see how it, ineffective that is. And uh, 2008, it was when Area 17 uh, was uh, putting uh, a motion forward. And again, this was Hawaii. And they did a lot of work. In fact, when I brought this report to uh, the archivist, uh, she had never seen it and uh, wondered, you know, like, we still don't know who authored it. So if there's anyone listening who knows about that, you know, it'd be great to uh, answer that mystery. And then 2010, 2014, many of us know this effort. And it was about having a pamphlet 
about, uh, you know, sort of spiritual paths in AA, including successful atheists and agnostics. And there was a active opposition to including atheists and agnostics as much as there was a movement like they got 200 uh, stories and they put together an actual, the conference said, give us a draft pamphlet. And they did. And it included our stories. And the conference said, no, mm. that was the first time the conference actually got to decide on this. And they voted against us, mm. um, you know, for whatever reason. Mm. And I'm sure there were many. And, uh, you know, then there was, uh, of course, the grapevine picked this up and they've, uh, I decided to uh, uh, put together a collection of stories, which is going to be great. And then the UK, the first time they tried, of course, why not? An obvious uh, <laughs> uh, worthwhile effort. And um, sometimes it's easier to see the wisdom of other AA members and see that, you know, the UK isn't on fire, at least not because of agnostics and atheists and AA. You know, so maybe we can just do what they did, and, and that seemed to be an easier thing. I would also say there is an interesting, I, I don't know, it's pure speculation as to how much influence this had, but the General Service Conference now uses electronic voting. Oh. So nobody knows how other people are voting, hmm. and there's no record of who voted for or against. So when um, Kim talked about you know, it being like over 90% in favor, nobody who was voting yes or no could see how other people were voting. Right. And uh, so everybody does vote their heart without any pressure one way or another. Yeah. You know, in, in my mind, this has served AA well, at least so far. Mm-hmm. No, I think so, too. Um, th it seems like there's been a lot of change um, within AA, and you probably have observed more of that than I have. What, what do you think has brought this about? Is it, is it because more of us are, are active in our districts and our areas, or is it just uh, does it have to do with a lawsuit in Toronto? What do you think is bringing all of this about? Yeah, I, I think it's a combination. We're just a microcosm of what's going on in society. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there's uh, uh, things like religiosity and secularism goes in waves. Um, depending on when this is broadcast, it might already be out in the fix. Uh, I uh, just did a, a, a story uh, that looks at uh, the myth of uh, sort of Akron... Christian roots mm -hmm. of AA, mm -hmm. and it looks at uh, Dr. Bob's very extensive reading library that involved, uh, you know, the great thinkers of the world, and uh, and many, like, he, you know, he read um, about Taoism and Buddhism, and, uh, you, you know, like, like he, he was, he, he had a very well-rounded mm -hmm. uh, sort of approach to his own seeking, and, um he uh, had insomnia, uh, Dr. Bob, and of course there was no internet, there was no TV, uh, so he read a, a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, so anyway, this sort of looks at, you know, we have this idea that it was always more religious before than it is now. Mm -hmm. And 1940s, 1930s, 1940s uh, North America 
was no more religious than 2005, and I incorporate some statistics to support that. But so uh, I'm off on a tangent. I can't even remember your question. Uh, what brought this change about in, oh, okay, within the culture? Okay, yeah. So society is changing, and AA is changing. The internet completely changed everything mm -hmm. uh, for marginalized communities because you know I. I I found out about agnostic atheist meetings from the first internet chat group I joined, right? Mm -hmm. It was called, uh, it was a Yahoo group called AAWR, AA Without Religion. And uh, that was the first time I found out about a world directory. And first, you know, and then I planned a trip to New York to actually go to some meetings. So, so you know, having sort of economies of scale, uh, how many of us, you know, first came to the idea that, you know, that you could, that this could be considered AA and felt trepidation? But what about what it says in the book? Forget the book. Oh, you can't do that. Right. <laughs> you know, but just having many, many examples of people who dismiss the steps completely and have uh, meaningful sobriety, mm -hmm. people who work the steps uh, with a completely secular view of higher power, uh, you know, and people who do combinations uh, thereof. The Internet gives us just this broad exposure to different ways of seeing, and right. not to mention the influence that these other secular recovery peer-to-peer uh, -peer groups have had. You know, they're all succeeding just as well as AA. Mm -hmm. And so clearly it, the, the magic isn't in this 1 to 12 formula necessarily, uh, although the the truths in there uh, weren't invented by AA, they were just borrowed from age-old uh, practices, right? Yeah. I think also um, what helps with the Internet is learning from other people that I might not have learned from. For example, you, you Joe. Mm -hmm. um, when we started our group in Kansas City, I don't think I ever would have even known about the General Service Conference or the district or the area or the importance of being involved if I hadn't listened to Rebellion Dogs Radio. Mm -hmm. So when I started my group up, I wanted to get involved with that. So we were in Western Missouri, the first um, group that I know of for agnostics and atheists to participate in the area assembly. And I remember when I very first showed up, um, and uh, some of it might have been my own um, feeling about what p people might have been thinking about me, but some of it was mm -hmm. just directly what people were saying to me. But I, remember, I will never forget this one woman who came up to me, and she says, you're not trying to change AA, are you? So she was like really afraid of what I represented, like I was some sort of a threat to AA. And I said, no, I, I love AA. I'm not really trying to change. I don't know if I can change it, but I'm just here, you know doing what you're doing. And over time, um, I developed friendships with these people in this area and other people from my group started joining me at area. And I'm noticing that I can just say things there and I'm totally accepted and, and respected. And maybe what has happened is, is more of us are getting involved and in actually meeting people and making friends and allies um, within, uh, you know, with other groups. I wonder if that's happening outside of well, Missouri. There is, and and more um, sort of uh, people with a natural worldview versus a supernatural worldview are are coming out of the closet. Yeah, uh, I heard this great story because this happened. I mean, uh, Kim talks about what happened in our area, mm -hmm. but 
as you know, in your area, you went through this process, many other areas, and Kim talks about talking to other delegates, and everyone who discussed the idea was all for it. Mm -hmm. uh, in Northern California, um, the area committee, which is the delegate, the alternate delegate, chair, treasurer, registrar, all these people, there's eight of them, and they're having their meeting about all of the subjects that are going to be coming up at the conference because they're going to discuss it at their area assembly uh, to get the you know feel of the room find out what the gsrs and the groups uh feel about these things so they're talking about the god word and you know someone says well i i don't find this offensive at all in fact this is more in line with my view mm -hmm. of power greater than myself and someone says me too me too me too <laughs> and all eight of them, not not one of them, had a sort of anthropomorphic idea of a higher power, right? Right. You know, someone or something that's up there listening to their prayers. Not one. They didn't know that about each other, <laughs> and it didn't come up until they started talking about it, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, and it's no surprise that people like us are drawn to service. Uh, now, there are those in our constituency that let's just do our thing at our group and the heck with AA as a whole, right? Let them burn, right? You know, I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know and, and that's a that's a completely le sure. legitimate, that's not anti-AA, yeah. that's understanding the autonomy of the Absolutely. group. Absolutely. Right? Free to do what they want. Yeah, exactly. And, um, but, you know, if you if you don't like God, you're going to prefer the traditions to the uh, steps because it only mentions God once. And uh, if you get to the concepts, it doesn't mention it at all. And, uh, you know, so service is is more is all secular work. Everything we discuss at the district or area or at the general service conference is, you know, uh, actions that have to take place decisions that have to be made there's there's no let go and let god there's we have to do this how are we going to do this <laughs> yeah well i'm really surprised at how i how i've come to love it and how others from my group have as well i almost feel more of a connection to my area than i do to my actual home group sometimes but i love having the diversity and the friendships from all these different groups from around the state it's kind of i'll go through a period where i spend more time in committee meetings than actual 12-step meetings right yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know I, I i get to my uh home group uh only as often as i get to uh, like a pi meeting or a district meeting or or some committee i'm working on or you know because i enjoy that rolling up the sleeves stuff and yeah. And and I think it's so essential. You touched on this before, right? You, you know, when when I say uh, the uh, the traditions are more secular or the mm -hmm. concepts are more secular, I mean, to a believer, you know, higher power is inherent through all of that. And you know, uh, I, I'm not going to argue with them about that uh, or even disagree. That's a great thing about. Um, a pluralist society, right? Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not one or the other. Uh, but when we roll up our sleeves and work with people, we see each other as just fellow AA members. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, it's easier to hate the big book thumpers if you've never been to their meeting. It's easier to hate those agnostics and atheists trying to ruin AA if you've never gone to their meeting. But when you're working hand-in-hand with people, solving these problems about bridging the gap, uh, public information needs, you know, archives, you know, it's it's a very humanizing experience. So tell me, what else at the conference that happened that uh, you might want to talk about? Um, she did mention the video that I found interesting mm-hmm. that she didn't think would have passed in in, in previous uh, conferences, where there was actually a mention of the of drugs, drug use in the video. Yeah, that's right, and and it was just so, such a casual thing. But there's this hypersensitivity to primary purpose right. or singularness of purpose, right? You know, yeah. like th- those knee jerk reactions, yeah. right? But uh, I mean, the truth is, uh, the when you look at our uh, triennial survey, and and I did find out more about that uh, this year. Like 2017 was supposed to be a survey year, and it didn't happen. A- and it's because they're trying to do it right. Mm. Can you just ask people, are you male or female? Right. Like a binary thing, right? Uh, you know, uh, race, right? H- how many people are uh, 100% pure African-American <laughs> uh, or 100% pure Anglo-Saxon or Caucasian, right? You know, yeah. that just our uh, attitude towards how other people self-identify and letting them I- express their identity in their own words is a good idea, but it makes it harder to put everybody in binary categories, yeah. which our survey does. So they're trying to, they've hired consultants and they're trying to rectify this situation and, and do it right. I think that's pretty so, cool. There was actually yeah. a discussion at that in, in Missouri about, I can't remember what they were talking about, one of these pamphlets or something, and they were talking about gender and the different categories mm-hmm. of gender. And there were some people there who seemed to say, what? Well, this is crazy. <laughs> you know? But, and I can understand that, you know, because you, you just don't know until you, until you get your, until you get to meet people who do identify yeah. and, and think about gender in different terms. But once you understand that, it totally makes sense, you know? Yeah. Um, so I've kind of totally, I've completely rethought how I, how I think about that and how other people think about that. And our group has too, actually. We've changed the AA preamble in our group. From men and women to people, yeah, <laughs> because, yeah, yeah, because of this. Uh, yeah, so. well, good for you, good for you, because <laughs> it starts at the group, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. the interesting thing is, we told a story about, uh, you know, a request to GSO for a pamphlet to help improve the lives of atheists and agnostics from 1975, and then nothing happened for 40 years. But also in 1975, people started their own. AA for Atheists and Agnostics, Quad A meetings. Uh-huh. And then that grew to other places like California and, and you know, eventually to Canada and so on and so forth. Uh, Roger was talking to uh, someone from the maritime provinces in Canada who actually started a agnostic meeting long before Beyond Belief started in Toronto because he traveled to Chicago mm-hmm. and went to Quad A and he started one there, but it, it, it didn't, you know, it, it just didn't continue. You know, sometimes people have ideas that are ahead of their times, but the, the point is that when AA isn't New York, it isn't GSO, it isn't a hierarchy, yeah. and any group can uh, make AA better today, right? They can yeah. change the wording of their preamble. 
It's perfectly allowed. Yeah. Uh, they can change the way they greet people, change the rituals in their meeting to be more inclusive. And that's how the atheist agnostic movement grew mm -hmm. from individual efforts, small efforts. Uh, you know, they didn't know what was going on in California uh, with the groups in New York. There was no way of knowing back then. But mm -hmm. but people were doing the right thing because our our fellowship is set up the right way yeah. where, you know, if it's a group conscience, it's the law. Right. Right. <laughs> and uh, so so that's a that's a, a good thing. And I mean, there's going to be some overlap with some of the things they were talking about at the conference with uh, CPC. We hear a lot about treatment centers and uh, courts getting into trouble by mandating AA attendance. Right. Because uh, circuit courts are ruling AA as religious. And I think our new pamphlet is going to go a long way to say there are many religious people in AA. Mm. There are many uh, religious rituals in AA, but there is a completely secular alternative within AA, online and face-to-face -face meetings where there's no prayer, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's no demand to believe what other people believe or to deny your own belief. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be a very effective tool in helping dismiss some of the preconceived ideas people have about AA, because for the longest time, secular AA was our best kept secret. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So how long do you think it'll take, actually, for the for um, North America to make this available? Okay, I uh, I tried to tie AA uh, World Services Publishing down to uh, a date, and they would have nothing of it. I can <laughs> yeah. I can tell everybody when it's available. Uh -huh. It'll be available in English, Spanish, and French. Uh huh. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah, that is. And so, uh, you know, they, they've got to get it translated. Right. They've got to uh, do like a, a design and uh, change some of the wording. Like pamphlet right. directs people to contact the UK general right. service. <laughs> so right. they're going to uh, fix that. Okay. Uh, they spell program different sure. than Americans do. Sure. And um, it's amazing what those British have done with our English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that might take, uh, maybe it might take a couple of years maybe yeah it's hard to say I, well um I, I think it could be within 12 months but oh, okay. but they do not have to go back to conference for permission there is no uh final approval that needs to happen uh they have the authority to fulfill their responsibility so yeah um uh, I'm, I'm i'm excited about it and we can still of course get the pdf from the oh, general yeah. service office. One of the things they had to do was to buy the rights to it, and uh, which was like under two hundred dollars. Oh, okay. <laughs> and a World Service did that before the conference in anticipation of that being. Oh well, we need to do this, and they said, "Oh well, we've done it." You know, like there was no it it eliminated the rebuttal. Well, can we afford to do this? Right? How yeah. much would it cost? Right? So. That was all done ahead of time. So there was a, you know, you really see, and it isn't just agnostics and atheists, but just the, the larger AA, uh, we are self-correcting and any uh, inadvertent 
uh, or hostile uh, activities that have happened, you know, to sort of marginalize underrepresented populations. You can see uh, a move to correct that. You can see a move to make AA meetings a safer place. Yeah. And um, I don't know if it was part of uh, the interview we shared with Kim, but she's going to spend her last six months, uh, you know, focused on safety in AA. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, that was that's... really good. One thing I want to sneak in here is mm -hmm. um, Kim um, went into some really good detail about what happened with the movement at the conference to censor the mm -hmm. General Service mm -hmm. Board over the lawsuit that they approved over the AA Big Book uh, yeah. manuscript. I thought that was really interesting how, you know, the they came out to apologize, to acknowledge that they made a mistake. What did you think about all of that, Joe? Well, um, she's a, a believer, as I am, that when you give people a responsibility, you have to give them authority. So sometimes they'll make choices you wouldn't make. Mm -hmm. And it has to be uh, a commensatory, right? You have to have the equal amount of uh, authority to make decisions. You can't micromanage in AA, right? Mm -hmm. You know, everything you come across, you can't go back to the conference and wait another year, right? So, um, and they had to, like, the reality is the hostility came when the price tag started going yeah, up. Right, right. A, a lot of people in AA really did think, hey, that's our manuscript. Exactly. We have a right to it. It's our property. Mm -hmm. It's in essence, it's like, you know, the Eastern European stolen art, you know, through World <laughs> right, War right, II, right, right? right? You know, families and communities started getting that back. And mm -hmm. just because you bought stolen art doesn't mean you have a right to it, right? right. So it would be returned to them. And we had a legal argument uh -huh. that that was our property and it had to be returned to us. Yeah. And many people were on board with that. Yeah. But it's very expensive exactly. to litigate that. And it probably would have ended up with us having to settle, which mm -hmm. meant we would have to pay for it. Now we own property, mm -hmm. you know, and we have a whole uh, tradition about AA not owning property. Right. So there were many unanticipated hurdles along the way which piled up which made it look like hey you know maybe we're going in the wrong direction you know the uh sort of monday morning quarterbacks yeah. all said uh why didn't you anticipate this and you know uh, and so we can throw our board out we can uh -huh. say look uh we you don't have our confidence you gotta wow. go wow starting from scratch we have the right to do that and because uh, they work for us, right? And uh, and people were heard. Uh, the anger and tears yeah. uh, did come out, and um, uh, you know we we move forward, right? I yeah. mean, do you trust people? Good. Trust them to be human, right? <laughs> they made a mistake, which is okay and understandable. Yeah. I mean, um, at our assembly a couple assemblies ago um our delegate came to the floor and she asked for a sense of the assembly about you know do do we support this lawsuit or what well overwhelmingly everybody said yes that's our manuscript and yeah. i was one that raised my hands too yes yes go for it get it yeah and then some of our past delegates stood up and said wait a second guys this is this is expensive. You know, this is, this is, you know, we're, and a lot of people aren't real happy about how this is going down. And then people start thinking, hmm, maybe, you know, 
<laughs> so it's like after you get some more information after a while, it's like, yeah, this is not so smart. Exactly. <laughs> and hindsight always has twenty twenty vision. But yeah. these people we, you know, ask to do AA's work for us, uh, right. they have to make these difficult decisions. And I'm sure they can see, you know, you know, there's reasons to and reasons not to. What What's our choice going to be? There's got to be ambivalence with everything they do. And uh, I, I think cooler heads prevailed in the long run. I do, too. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think it's nice how voices can be heard. And that's one thing I've always appreciated about our area assembly is that no matter what, I always feel like I am heard and I'm, people are listening and they respect that. And I think that at the conference... That is what happened is people were able to let their feelings out, their, 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 um, opinions out about that issue. And, and in the end, everybody understood, okay, we're all trying to do our best for AA. Yeah. And so that's the, that's it for that. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The simplest uh, thing I learned about democracy as a kid is everyone gets their say, but not everyone gets their way. Yeah. You're right. Well, is there anything else that we should cover about um, Kim's talk or anything else that you want you think we should touch on about the conference? Uh, I would say let's just uh, keep the uh, conversation going. I, I think this pamphlet is a great thing. I think we should, uh, you, you know, it, it's going to be very useful to people who believe in God, who work with newcomers. Mm -hmm. Like, I look forward to the end of the it can be a doorknob era. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I still would love to know where that originated, right? <laughs> because whatever its meaning was, I assure you, is lost. And, and um, you, you know, people try to help and they want to help. And this is a tool that helps them help. People are going to come to the International Conference of Secular Alcoholics Anonymous, yeah. not because they are atheists, but because they love AA they want to hear what we have to say. And, you know, uh, one out of 10 of the newcomers that come to them don't believe in the same higher power they do. And they want to learn how they can help them better. So it's not believers against non-believers. Mm -hmm. uh, it's about the main street of AA, which is people who want, you know, alcoholics to be helped uh, regardless of their politics, regardless sure. of... Uh, you know, their uh, favorite baseball team, uh, regardless of their worldview. And if you do attend ICSA, by the way, folks, uh, you'll find out that there's actually non-believers versus non-believers situations. All right, Joe. Well, thank you so very much for uh, participating in the podcast and for your interview with Kim. And and thank you. And thank Kim for us as well. That was and, so and I would awesome. Ask everyone with a home group to tell their GSR, to uh, tell their district, to tell their area, to thank them. Yes, absolutely. Thank them for their service because that is hard work yeah. what they do. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I, I think this is going to be a game changer in a way, you know, someone, uh, uh, Bruce who spoke at, uh, widening our gateway made the point. It's not like pamphlets are, they're running out of them every week. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> um, but, uh, but it, it just, you know, having the tool available, uh, is such a, a legitimizing of a sort of non higher power approach to Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm -hmm. That, you know, some atheists pray, 
Some atheists right. are complete materialists and find spiritual talk woo-woo, right. right? You know, and, you know, there, there is such a variety, and they are all well represented in this pamphlet. Yeah. Many of the stories talk about how they translate the steps. Mm -hmm. Many of them don't even talk about the steps. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and that is, you know, who our constituents are, exactly. right? Exactly. You know, there are a wide variety of... Uh, non-believers yeah. and we have uh, many paths we follow to get sober so I think it's great and I think we have uh, AA as a whole to thank for that because you know they they didn't give us permission they said yes right. <laughs> you know you know they they agree you yeah. know this is this is uh, important and this is what AA is so yeah that's that's enough from my part <laughs> well thank you Joe I appreciate this very much Yep, and let's keep the conversation going. Well, that concludes this episode of AA Beyond Belief, the podcast. Thank you again, Joe. I appreciate uh, you stopping by to chat with us. And thank you to Kim S., the delegate from Area 83, for that fascinating report on the conference. We've got some interesting podcasts coming up. Uh, we're trying to stick to our weekly schedule again, even through the summer. Uh, something that we'll be doing at AA Beyond Belief, by the way, through the summer is we will be posting the audio talks of previous uh, secular AA conferences. We've had conferences in 2014, 2016, and now we have one coming up in August in 2018. And to learn more about that, please visit the website secularaa.com to learn about the International Conference of Secular AA to take place in Toronto, Ontario from August 24th through August 26th.